0: Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. It's my pleasure to welcome Rob to the show. Rob is one of our strategic partners in Southwest Florida. Rob has worked in the real estate industry for over 10 years. He's renovated houses and commercial properties. And for the last three and a half years, he has been building new construction properties in Southwest Florida. Now, these are cities that include Cape Coral, Lehigh Acres, Fort Myers, and Punta Gorda. And so I'm quite familiar with this market because I was an investor in this market about 10 years ago. But things cycle and repeat. And so now we're back into this market because the opportunities are plentiful. So with that, Rob, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much, Marco. It's a pleasure to be on with you. And it's fantastic to be able to talk about uh, the Cape Coral area. We absolutely love this area. And we think it's a fantastic place for your investors to consider for uh, new construction development and investment in general.
0: Definitely. Well, we're pretty excited about it. I I know that we've been working with you here since, well, really the beginning of the year and putting together some programs for our clients and real estate investors to be invested in this market. Now, why don't we start off by talking about the market and then we'll get into the different types of properties and opportunities that are there. But Cape Coral is a fascinating city. It's beautiful. It's large, It's got a lot of water canals. I mean, why don't you give us kind of a verbal, virtual tour of that city?
1: Sure, sure. My pleasure. To me, what's unique about it is it's a master-planned city, pre-plotted, pre-planned, with a lot of thought and design put in ahead of time before they broke ground at all. It only started in 1857, so we've got a really new city. We've got over 400 miles of canals. And back in 1957, what they used to do, they used to have viewing trips and they would fly planes over the city before it was all dredged out and everything. And they would uh, drop down sacks of flour to show people who were looking looking up to invest and purchase a a lot. That was the lot that they were actually purchasing. There was just a lot of momentum and a lot of energy that came early on in it. It's still at this point right now, 50% of the city is not yet developed. So we have a lot of opportunity for growth. And uh, it's just an exciting place. And I think people are coming down here for three main reasons. It's the three S's and it's sunshine, it's the scenery, and it's security. It's a fantastic place to live and actually an up and coming place for millennials. As you look throughout the city here, they've designed it so that within a 10 minute walk from any place in the city, you can be at a park. It's loaded with lots of parks, again, 400 miles of canals and over 50% of those canals go out to the Gulf of Mexico. And so kind of the American dream here for us is to live on a canal, have your pool out there, and you've got a boat dock out back and a boat lift. You press the button, your boat goes down into the water, and you're off into the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, It's just for a fantastic standard of living for people. And I think an opportunity to see the values over time really grow uh, strong because when you look at price values south of us in Naples, North of us in Tampa, there's a massive difference between the markets. So I think we've got a great opportunity for appreciation.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Cape Coral, I've come to know as basically a cyclical city. So we've seen a lot of appreciation back in 03 through 06. And then, you know, there was that housing correction, property values pulled back. But now we're starting to see an upcycle again. It probably started around 2012, 2013. There. Cape Coral is a very interesting city. I mean, you've got more canals than Venice, Italy in fact, you've got more canals than any city in the world. It really is beautiful. It's expansive. There's a lot of new buildings and new shopping and retail and housing and all kinds of stuff, which is a sign that there's a lot of growth and people are moving there. So let's talk about the market and let's talk about the economy there. What's driving the growth in Cape Coral? Why are people moving there? What's going on? Why should I look at Cape Coral?
1: You know what? It's uh, Right now, when you look at Kid Coral, if you just go and start uh, pulling some Google searches on it, you'll see that it hits the top 10s for just about everything. It's in the top 10 places to invest. It's top 10 places to own a boat in the country. It's in the top 10 places to retire. It's in the top 10 fastest growing populations. It's in the top 10 in terms of fastest growing job growth. It's got extremely low uh, unemployment. It's the third most affordable city in Florida to live in. It's in the top 25 safest cities in the United States. And in Florida, it's number two for cities under over 150,000. You've got top 10 everywhere you go. And I think when as investors are looking for places to go, when you start seeing that many boxes, checks, top 10, top 10, top 10, it's got to catch your attention. And it's certainly catching the attention of the number of people that are moving here. U.S. News and World Report has ranked Lee County Second on its list of places nationwide that people are moving to in 2018. So there's just a big influx of people coming. They're recognizing the opportunities here. It's just got all the amenities, the restaurants, the water that people are looking for in their in their lifestyle. And the economy is just moving along really well here.
0: I think a big one for me is that last year Forbes ranked it number two out of ten as the hottest real estate markets to watch. And the reason for that, the primary reason was really about affordability of housing. And the biggest thing for me, and that is job growth. When you have jobs, it really just kind of fixes everything else. You drive people into the market from other markets. So you have job uh, population growth, which drives housing demand, which drives the need for new housing, new construction, refurbished homes, and rentals. And us as real estate investors, that's the kind of stuff we look for because we need that tenant pool to fill the houses that we provide as a product and service to our customer being the tenant. So that job growth is so critical and Forbes putting it as number two on that top 10 list as far as markets to watch really says a lot. There are a lot of accolades actually. you know, It was ranked number three as the most affordable city to live in in Florida by livability.com. That, that goes back two years, but still, it's just a very interesting metro area. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but do you have any comments about the job environment? Like what kind of industry is down there? I mean, a lot of people think about Florida as a place where people go to retire. And so you think of seniors and their seniors are not in the workforce. They're not necessarily employed. They're not part of the work pool. But what kind of industry is going on and what is driving these jobs?
1: Well, there definitely is a huge retirement community here and a big healthcare industry that's tied to that. So when you're looking at a lot of the jobs that would be coming from the retirement community, it's in the healthcare industries here. So that's definitely huge. The school systems are, you know, a a big job uh, provided. There's a number of IT and health related uh, companies. I know right right across the hall from us, we've got a a decent sized company that's come in and they're IT based and providing uh, some healthcare solutions to people. And so there, I know there's some a lot of marketing and IT companies coming in as well. But yeah, I think the, still the major industry is retirees and the healthcare, that systems and so forth that come through that. And of course, tourism. Tourism is huge here as well, because you've got a great place for people to come on uh,
0: vacation. Right, right. Okay. Fort Myers is the largest city next to Cape Coral. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. And so that would be the airport for someone flying in and out of Cape Coral.
1: Right. And we're right next to it. So the airport is a 30 minute drive from Cape Coral.
0: Okay. So let's talk about, now the city, as I remember being extremely large geographically, it was divided into four quadrants. You have Northwest, Northeast, Southwest, Southeast, the Southwest being mostly on the water is probably the most built out and populated Southeast. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, Southeast is going to be your most um, populated and that's the place where they started developing initially. Southwest was the second quadrant that began being developed. So your Southeast is going to have a lot of Gulf access. Your Southwest is going to have a lot of Gulf access and your Northwest has a lot of uh, Gulf access as well.
0: So as I remember, the inventory that you're providing us for our investor clients is in the Northwest. Now, is that because it's maybe tell us why. I I, want to say it's the best balance between available inventory and price points.
1: Yeah. You know what? It just, as I looked at the different areas, the price point that we're able to purchase land for in the Northwest for people wanting to hold rental properties just made the most sense for numbers. And one of the things that we're looking at doing as well, is we're trying to leverage really good pricing in terms of our land, and we're also trying to make a play in terms of leveraging the best cash flow for, with the, one of our lenders. We have a lender that we're working with right now. They give you 4.5% interest rate if you have a 10-year arm and 475 if you have a 7-year arm. Now, the areas in the Northwest that we're looking at, those right there, we've got the water and the sewer are going to be installed in about 10 years out in the areas that we're buying So the play that we're actually advising investors to come in on is buy in in these areas right now and plan to hold it for seven years at the best interest rates at that four and a half or 4.75, depending on which arm you want. So you're going to have maximum cash flow. And the meanwhile, you're watching your appreciation grow up and you're going to sell right before those utilities come in and take your money back and move it into a 1031 exchange and purchase another property. There's a number of different zones that just keep rolling out here in Cape Coral. You could do that play several times before we finished all the utilities.
0: My friend, MC Lobsher, the host of Cashflow Ninja podcast and president of Producers Wealth, is on a mission to help you achieve financial independence as soon as possible. He achieves this by integrating the infinite banking concept and real estate investing to increase your financial efficiency and recapture cash flow that you're not even aware you're losing. MC shares the number one strategy investors use in his holistic wealth creation course at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. So are most or all the properties that investors are purchasing, these rentals, are they all on well and septic right now? And the plan is 10 years from now, or sometime between now and 10 years from now, they will be converted into city-run water sewer? Yep, oh, okay that's what it is okay so some people are probably thinking what happens when that happens? I think I know the answer because this actually happened to me with one of my properties in southeast Cape Coral 10 years ago and it was well in septic then I got a bill from the city saying we're going to be rolling out city water city sewer and this is your cost so that was my bill but they amortized it over 20 years so it would be included in part of the as part of the property taxes. And I would just be paying for it over. At that time, it was twenty years. I don't know if they still do it that way. So, how does that work? You
1: just described it perfectly, Marco. Oh, <laughs> that's exactly the way it works. Okay, so it um, hasn't changed. So, <laughs> yep. Nope. Nope. Has not changed at all. All right. All right. Um, cool. So for me, that's the play there. For um, just, I think you get the most bang for your buck by doing it that way. There's other areas as well that you can go, but it, it, the price of land goes up a bit on you, and it's going to hurt your uh, your cap rates.
0: So that actually begs the next question is how does that impact an investor's cash flow? Now, granted, we're talking potentially 10 years down the road, at which point your cost basis is going to be lower than what the property value is. Your loan would have been amortized. Maybe you've had a refi, probably not, but I would assume that rents would be higher 10 years from now than today. When you have this 20-year amortized City bill for these improvements. Do you have an idea of how much that's going to impact the expenses in terms of property taxes? Because that affects the bottom line, right?
1: You bet it does. It's going to be about $2,000, $2,400 a year extra, at least some of the lots that I'm looking at right now. So you're probably looking at close to $200 a month extra. And that's why I think it makes a lot of sense to utilize those uh, loans with the lower interest rates and sell after like seven years. Because you're going to end up that 4.5 interest rate. I mean, right right now, what interest rates are you typically finding with your investors? Five and a half? uh, Yeah, about five and a half. Mm -hmm. So when you take it down all the way down to four and a half and hold that for seven years, you're going to put a lot more uh, money in your pocket every single month. And then I honestly, I think the best thing is to move on because you're going to hurt your cash flow too much if you don't sell before that period with the assessments.
0: So we have to assume probably quite safely that in 10 years, your rent is going to be at least $200 more a month. And if that's true, and I would suspect it would be, that is enough or more than enough to cover whatever the assessment will be for those improvements.
1: That's a good point, Marco. That's a really good point. When you look at the rents here in Cape Coral, they're continuing to rise and continuing to rise. People are just renting a whole lot more. And the millennial generation, I think as we look right now, Moving forward over the next year, we don't know uh, how quick the Fed is going to start raising rates. I know one of the concerns right now is this is the time to get in and buy because as rates go up, it just keeps hurting you. So it's, there's definitely an urgency there for investors. If they're on the fence and thinking about investing, I would definitely say do it now prior to uh, too many rate increases, right?
0: Right. And as you probably know, well, I know you know that Rent Range did a study not long ago it was probably a couple of years ago in Cape Coral, Fort Myers, that whole area, the rents had gone up. Well, actually they had outpaced all the top metros in the country in terms of single family homes. So we're talking about a, a market that has had fast rental growth and continues to have strong rental growth. Now you're building single family homes, duplexes and fourplexes. This is all new construction product, which I love, kind of have a bit of a bias for new construction, but the same could be said for inventory in mature, stable markets, neighborhoods that have been completely refurbished because those are essentially like new anyway. But you're building new construction and they're single families, duplexes, fourplexes. Describe the price range of this product just so our listeners have an idea of what is available. And then let's also talk about what those same properties rent for. So we have an idea of the ratio of that rent to the purchase price.
1: Right. We're looking at 182,000 for our three-bedroom, two-bathroom uh, house. We also have one at 174000 for a three-bed, two-bath. We've also got $129,000 for a two-bedroom, two-bath. And that was an interesting one for me because of the retiree community. You're providing a really reasonably priced but new construction uh, property for them. Not here in Cape Coral, although they are talking about creating the uh, new zoning for cottages here. It's not yet approved, but uh, for those uh, properties, the two-bedroom, two-bath, we would be up in the Port Charlotte or Punta Gorda area, or in Lehigh as well.
0: Okay, so that same range of property type, what would those rent for? In my mind, I'm just trying to get an idea of the ratio of that rent. Yeah, to price. right now
1: we're um, we're at like uh, 1100, 1150 for our two-bedroom. That we'll be uh, renting those out at. Will the three-bedroom, two-bath are going to be typically around 1500 a month for those? I do have one model that we're right now we're building that's also a three-bed, two-bath that we're using it whenever we go on the water. One of the things we're doing now that is, is interesting is we're purchasing properties on the water, but we're not putting in a traditional seawall that's typically $15,000. What we're doing is we're grading it down to the water and putting a sod package over it. And it's costing us around $3,000 for that element instead of 15000 and they're gonna be renting out for the same amount. When you got a property on the water, you're at 1750 for that, right? And those are going for 192,000. So you got nice cap rate on there and high demand for something that's on the water. We're using kind of a beach look with uh, plank flooring and really beautiful property. This first one that we've done, it's on the canal, got a great price on the land. You just come down the canal and you're right out to a lake where they have bass fishing tournaments and so forth. There's a lot of freshwater lakes inside of Cape Coral as well. And so we're trying to leverage some of those little sweet spots there so that we can achieve higher rental returns for our investors by thinking a little bit different because most people always put in that seawall. You have to put a seawall in place when it's saltwater. If it's freshwater, you've got three options. And one of those is the one that we're utilizing that I don't see any of the other developers in in the city actually using this option.
0: Right. Okay. One thing I want to make sure we don't skip over is the neighborhoods. How would you describe the neighborhoods? Maybe not necessarily in terms of grading them, because my impression of what I'm seeing is they're probably B plus and A minus type neighborhoods. Correct me if I'm off on that, but that's basically what I'm seeing. But how would you describe these neighborhoods quantitatively or qualitatively?
1: We really don't have a bad area in Cape Coral at all. I would say uh, everything is going to be either B plus or, or A minus. It's a little bit older in the southeast quadrant because that's where they started building first. So you can find a good number of 1960s homes. And and even some of the ones on the water over there, they're starting to get bought out, knocked down and putting some really nice larger properties on some of those there. The Southwest is probably the most populous, but also new. So you would probably categorize the Southwest area as kind of the highest end area right now beautiful marina in the area here. Just the houses are are fantastic. A lot of beautiful tile-roofed houses that that look pretty luxurious here. Although the Northwest, for me personally, I think that it has the largest potential for capital appreciation. And here's why. They've got a project that they've approved called the Seven Islands. And all the way over Right just off the Gulf, you've got these seven islands that are owned by the city of Cape Coral. And they've been approved for our luxury marina, luxury hotels, high-end restaurants and boutiques. So literally, you can be living over there in the Northwest, drive your boat into the marina, have lunch over there, go to some of the different uh, retail places, or just go right out to the Gulf. And the nice thing about that Northwest is, is there's no lock you go right out. When you're going out from the southwest, you right. get stuck in line trying to get through the lock, and then you go out to the gulf. And if you're a fisherman, the best fishing in the whole area is right outside that exit into the gulf of the northwest. It's world-class fishing, and Gold, Field Stream Magazine has named that area there number 11 in the country of best places to go fishing.
0: So is this going to be a private park or a public park?
1: The Seven Islands, these are going to be public buildings. They're just recruiting developers to come in and develop it all right now. Okay. They Last yeah. year, they, just, they brought everybody in to vote on four different concepts that they had developed. But it looks gorgeous. It looks high-end. And it's those kind of developments of infrastructure that just make the values really, really shoot up. And when you look at the price for land down in the southwest and Gulf Access land, or in the southeast for these like the Gulf Access properties, they're multiples of what you're going to pay right now for some of the same kind of properties up in the northwest. Right. So I think that's a really good play for investors interested up there. And one of the reasons as well why we chose to build for investors up there, what we've done is most of the properties that we purchased, we purchased within a mile to two around Coral Oaks Golf Course which gives our, uh, the appraised value of the, of the properties that we're building a nice lift.
0: Interesting. Okay. Let's kind of wind things down with the property management side. I mean, everything we sell, obviously, in every market is tied to management. So we try to make sure that tenants are in place when it makes sense. That's usually most of the time. But there's also management in place that's managing the property and taking care of the tenant and the rents and the payments and anything that comes up. So Tell us about just briefly the management side of your business. And, you know, obviously there's going to be management included in all these properties, but just give us a quick rundown of what you're doing on the management side.
1: On the management side, Cape Coral is a a great place in terms of getting your property rented out quickly. Every property that we we put out on the market for rent is typically rented out less than a month. It's pretty quick in terms of that. We don't put anything extra uh, on in terms of any kind of maintenance and repairs that we do. We're not going to be gouging investors that way there. We're trying to hold our own properties as well. We're focused to make sure that our investors are going to get the most for their cash flow and uh, manage it as tight as we possibly can and find the best renters for them that we can. And we've got a good process in terms of just doing all the background checks and checking credit scores and making sure there's been no uh, bankruptcies or no evictions or anything like that. So putting high quality uh, tenants in place for the properties in general as well. In Cape Coral, you have a good group of people that are living here. And that kind of goes back to that one of the safest uh, cities in the U.S. That's right. Yep. And the kind of people that are living here are just the kind of people you want renting your property.
0: Right, right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. We I think we forgot to mention that before. So essentially, this is truly a turnkey new construction rental investment opportunity. And it's not just single family homes that you have duplexes and fourplexes. And I think we need to mention that the single families and duplexes can be turned around fairly quickly. But the fourplexes have a longer build cycle because of the permitting. So I don't know if you want to comment on that, but it's important, for, I think, for investors to understand or people listening to this that may have an interest that four plexes are a longer build cycle.
1: Yep. Yep. No, that's a, that's a really good point to bring out. And it takes us 10 days when we go to put a permit down before it's released for us to start building. So single family home, 10 days, very fast. Duplex is the same thing. Within 10 days of submitting a permit, it's almost like clockwork. It's released for us. We've got a build cycle of about four months ourselves. We've got a little bit of, uh, depending on where we're building, some of the survey and engineering front, but uh, we can have a built-in four months Planned for six months because of some of the engineering and so forth that we have. But within a six-month cycle, we have the property from start to finish done. And with the multifamily, it's fantastic, great for cash flow, but you have to be ready to wait for eight to 12 months in terms of getting your planning permission approved. It's a longer cycle. I wish it were better. I'm doing everything I can to try and squeeze people to say, hire more inside of the planning department because uh, they desperately need more multifamily. But there's a time lag there that is a little bit of a bummer that way. But you got a fourplex at that point and your property is all grouped in together. It's new construction. We are building the sixplex right now and a 10plex as well. And it's great for the investors. And again, I think you and I have talked about that fourplex model, which is really good for the Fannie and Freddie loans. Mm-hmm. That you can get up to 10 you know, of those and 10 if you're married for your spouse right. as well. So you could be holding 20 fourplexes, which is unbelievable with the best lowest rates you're going to find.
0: That's right. I don't know if this has changed, but the single family inventory is, you don't have standing inventory with that, right? These are all new, pick a lot, let's start building you don't have construction in the pipeline, meaning that there are properties that are being built ready for purchase in the n- next few weeks or few months. You don't have standing inventory.
1: No, what we do is there's so much land out here. It just makes a lot more sense for us to keep a, a favorites list of lots. So really the way to move forward is once uh, an investor says, yeah, Cape Coral is the place for me. I really believe in it. I want to go there. At that point there, it's about choosing uh, the area you want to buy land in. We can get you a piece of land very quickly. It wouldn't take us more than three or four days to a week to secure that if you know what you want and we can work together on it. And then from there, it's about selecting a model, which model do you want to build? So we, we sit down and we, we talk through some of the pros and cons and benefits and what we think we can rent each of the models out with somebody. And then at that point there, it's about signing the contract to get started we have construction of perm lenders that we work with and uh, we want to work with you to get a quick pre-approval on that and start moving that whole process forward. So from the time that you decide that you're ready to go, it's probably going to be say four weeks before you get the approval for your loan. But meanwhile, you can be, you know, selecting which model you want which lot that you're interested to build on and so forth like that.
0: Okay. Good point. All right. So just in closing here, I think it's probably worth mentioning and it's, touching upon what we started with in terms of the market and economy, the Cape Coral Housing Development did a study, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but a recent study, and they pointed out that there is a tremendous demand for housing, particularly multifamily housing in the city of Cape Coral. Their projection was the city needs about 1,500 units per year by the year 2019, which is right around the corner. So to me, that's just saying that demand is outpacing supply and we're constantly behind the eight ball, not just (laughs) nationwide, but certainly in Southwest Florida to provide that housing stock. Any comment about that?
1: No, absolutely. That's for sure. 100%. And they're actually um, looking to change some of the zoning right now to help encourage more multifamily development. They've got some zoning requirements in, in terms of the size of land that you need to amass in order to do multifamily projects and it's 20 uh, acres, then they're lowering it down to three acres on some of these projects to just encourage more of those mid-range projects that are multifamily. I've read some articles here that they've got some incentives in terms of reductions in your impact fees and so forth like that for permitting for people who are going to be providing uh, multifamily at a more of an economical base as well. It's a big problem not having enough multifamily in the city for sure.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Well, it's a good opportunity for us as real estate investors, right?
1: absolutely
0: you bet cool rob thank you for spending time with us here today if anybody is listening to this and they're saying hey this is interesting i'd like to learn more about southwest florida what i suggest is just contact your investment counselor here if you don't have an investment counselor just give us a call or uh, fill out the form on our website we provide free strategy sessions so we can get you started or at least answer all your questions and put you on the right track and point you in the right direction regardless of whether you work with our team or not we just want to educate you on the different markets around the country. That's why we do these market spotlights. Today, it's about Cape Coral, Florida, which is a great market, has been even 10 or more years ago when I first started investing there. So get in touch with your investment counselor. Let's get some more information into your hands and we'll introduce you to our teams down there, which obviously includes Rob that we just talked to here. And if you have any questions about real estate investing, just put them down in the notes below, or better yet, go to PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com. Click the link at the top where it says, Ask Marco, shoot me an email, and I will certainly cover that directly with you, or I'll cover it on the show. Remember to subscribe. We have a weekly episode, and now we're starting to do this in video format. So expect to see more videos on our YouTube channel. And that's it. So Rob, thanks once again for spending time here with us today. We'll talk to you hey, soon. Thanks
1: for having me. It's a pleasure, Marco. Always to talk with you and love to talk about Cape Coral.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, to everybody else, thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week.
1: Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com guide. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights in media interviews, please contact the host.